Oh. I'm all man when it comes to the crust. Yeah. SpaghettiOs is a soup. Wow. I'm a man of many earth tones. Oh. I think Cheerios are still Who hot. Cheerios? Cheerios are hot, babe. Ooh. It's like an avocado. It's raw. The deuce. The deuce. The deuce. Welcome to the deuce. The deuce. I, I googled the deuce and there are a, a few things that are the deuce. Mm-hmm. There's a few deuces out there. None quite like our program. Well, so there was the HBO television program that few watched and even fewer remember. I, I don't even know what that is. Sometimes I use their um, graphic in Instagram stories. Okay, so that, so, that, that like old town yeah, saloon right. font. Even though I believe it was set in uh, 1970s New York, unless I have it mixed up with something I, else. I think it's like a Times Square New York kind of thing. Which I would is, have no idea. Which is my shit. And you know what? Funny, I, I, I don't know if I meant to send you this photo, but I discovered that there was a deuce uh, gif mm-hmm. like that with the font because I accidentally added it to a photo that I accidentally took and posted on my page that I did not mean to post of me trying to show you where I had a tooth missing. So I meant to text you a photo of my toothless wonder. I don't know why. I I forget why now. I only know because I was cleaning out my phone and the photos on my phone and I found this picture of me yanking my, my lip apart and showing you where there's a tooth missing and I, instead of texting it to you, sent it out to the ether that is a social me- media wasteland with the deuce on there. So people probably thought that, that was just some weird promo. Right. I'm here to let you know that I fucked up and meant to text that to you. Well, better late than never. That's not my f- real confession, though, because I told you I had a confession. But that is pretty juicy. <laughs> Do you, you want to see my? Yeah. Nice. I have a uh, hole in my mouth and in my heart. Uh, are you planning on doing anything about that? See if something grows there. I was going to put a lemon seed and see what happens. I had a implant put in and in retrospect, I'm not like, it was such a given, like, I, I don't come from a place where, um, medical issues might be neglected. You know, there's a lot of people, particularly people who've grown up with like tough situations, tough upbringing where they're like, yeah, I've got a hacking cough. I've got a, a constellation of, of, uh, weird looking moles on my forearm. Bah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, there, I are, can't... there is a group of people who tend to just neglect everything. I wasn't raised that way. I was raised that like, you have to address medical stuff. So when I, I had a tooth, you know, I, I really neglected my teeth in a horribly disgusting way. When I was like a teen, it was like, it was grunge. It was That's the a part of being a teen though. I feel like there's always a battle between the parent and the child to brush floss and, and rinse. Yeah. I watched with pride my daughter this morning brush her teeth because I don't really trust her. She's not even, she's four and a half. So I don't I, trust her either. She's I, a conniving little thing. I brush her teeth, but this morning I came upon her and she was already doing it. And I was like, let me see. She didn't know I was watching her. I was like, let me see. Obviously I do a better job than she does. I'm 10 times her age, but she was like, she was in there. I saw, I saw Aww. a little going on. So she, she's trying. Um, as far as the, the, the battle with the, teens right i feel your like teeth and your implant you were saying no i know i know i feel like i'm i feel like i'm riding my son i'm bordering on the um on the line of where it might be counterproductive that i'm squeezing him so tight that he might be the guy who's destined to go to college and just be like oh i am just going to 
pour do acid a great big bowl of cocoa puffs into a uh, a, a bowl of malt liquor right because you you right that well that's the risk there's, and that's there's why a sweet balance i think i decided that when he turns like i i will i will take my foot off the gas by the time he's like 15 or so cuz i know he's not listening to me anyway i think there might come a time when he is 18 where i say just so you know i'm always here for advice and i will always be here to support you but i'm done parenting you and i might judge the fuck out of decisions that i see you making from here on out but i tried and you are now your own man have fun with that what 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 point and we're going to get back to your implant because yeah. I'm going to have to get an implant. And you guys will really be riveted by this dental conversation. You're we're very... about to have. Guys, just let the record reflect. Guys. I tried to move us off the dental work. We got a cliffhanger <laughs> for the episode. My open hole. <laughs> At what point do you decide to relinquish parenting? Because I, I, right. I disagree. I think, it's, I, think it's, I think it is 18 unless they want it. Well, because uh, I think you have to, when I think about the things I cannot believe now, and I don't think my parents are hippies or liberals or had read a bunch of books that informed the way that they parented. I think they were just doing the best job they had with the skills that they had and, and good intentions and, 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 and a bottomless reservoir of love. But when I see the things, when I look back at the things that they saw me doing and never like had a flat out intervention, it's kind of shocking to me because I don't think I could watch my son do the things. And, and that's just the shit that they knew I was doing. Right. Going essentially shoeless for like years. You went shoeless? Yeah, I believe we've talked about this before. Oh, yeah. Right. They just let you go shoeless. I was... I was just a, a nothing. I was an absolute shoeless nothing for a couple of years. Yikes. Found, and it was found only, the sound bite for the episode. And it was only when, you know, because I was doing the band thing, and, and it was only when that fell through that I think maybe my dad might have been like, you know, if you literally have no idea what to do, you know you could go to college, right? And how he must have just been like, don't say college until then. I don't know how he showed the restraint because I don't. I I I am. Uh, I'm definitely more hands on with my kid about correcting this and correcting that than I think they were with me. And I think that you want it. There's a. There's just. There's just a right. There's a Goldilocks amount of pressure that you want to apply to a little human being under your watch so as to not make them a twitchy, anxiety ridden mess. And so. I do think at a certain point I have to say, and I won't tell him the subtext, which is, is going to be really hard for me because I am going to bite my tongue when I see you do really stupid shit. But my parents did it for me. And at a certain point you need to say, I have faith in the job that I did. And if you have helped, if you have a good kid and I do have good kids and you've put an honest, sincere, concerted effort, you put your thousand hours into them. It doesn't matter how fucking stupid they get for a couple of years they will find their way and all you can really do is alienate them now i you have to I let do that, agree when you're 18 you're free to make your own mistakes and if you want to get shit-faced i'll hang out and get shit-faced with you and do i do i think that that's what you should be doing no but i did it and and i turned out okay and i have to assume that you'll find your way as well i've done i've just i've done all i can well ships do tend to correct themselves right exactly theoretically yeah and i i question that bottomless reservoir of love 
uh, just on the conversation of the shoeless era that you went through. You think that they did not love me? Well, I'm pretty sure they didn't. Speaking of shoeless, have you I, ever considered... I doubt they even had a shoe in. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, like a shoe into your heart? Like they didn't love... Like they, they only had like just a shoe in of love? No. Okay. Well, didn't work. We'll just let it sit. Have you ever considered that going shoeless might be preferable to, to wearing lime green Birkenstocks with socks? I... First of all, my I wore has, special my, socks. My daughter has those socks. That's how special those are. Uh, does she? Pretty much. There's smiley faces on the side. Yeah, hers, well, are, I, hers, are, hers, are, hers have cat whiskers, but otherwise, same socks. Same. Yeah. I thought this would be a fun... So I do You guys have, could hang out. It would be a same socks marriage. Oh, a shoe in was bad. <laughs> but you can say same socks marriage. Okay. I see. My basement. I see how we're chopping this shit up. Real, real. We're we're starting to cherry pick the puns here. Um, I uh, let. Can we wrap up the hole in my mouth? Yeah. Can I just say that what all I was going to say about that is I took it for granted that if there's a hole in your mouth and there's a dental procedure that can address it, of course you do that. You got to get it done as soon as possible. And when I think about the rounds of expensive torture that I went through. <laughs> Why did nobody ever say to me, you know, you could plenty of pirates lead perfectly happy lives missing several teeth. You'd be fine. Yeah, but then you run the risk of all your teeth starting to shift. And then you get that weird Stonehenge mouth where there's just teeth standing in their own place. Oh, the Steven Tyler toes. Look up Steven Tyler's toes. I will not. I beseech you. I will you. not. I think I, I might have looked that up. And it it is, it looks like... <laughs> <laughs> It is Pompeii with an earthquake. That's what it looks like. It looks like people who suffered Pompeii and then an earthquake came and then shoved them all together. Your teeth do shift as you get older. And it's it's like you don't notice that old people are always going like... Yeah, that's because their teeth are not where they once used yeah, to be. You don't notice how much old people suck their own teeth until you start doing it yourself. And you go, oh, that's why they yeah, do. Because food gets stuck in there now. Because teeth are fucking trying to make an early break for the grave. I <laughs> I do this thing because I, I truly believe it's hard to find good health care in, in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I've experienced it myself. Yeah. I book trips to go back to Syracuse to get my dental done. Uh -huh. To I even had um my my boobs checked back in Syracuse because I just don't <laughs> it's too vast here. Yeah. It, it, the, the the amount of, of patients that doctors can see to me, I it just feels like it's a scam every time I walk into an office. I feel like it's just a revolving, you know, conveyor belt of of patients so they can make as much money as they can. And, and I'm sure there's a, there obviously are a handful of good doctors, but mm -hmm. I say that because there's something that I did and I fucked up and I don't know why, maybe you can tell me why, what this is about me. Cause we kind of talked about it before we started recording where I've made this declaration to myself where I'm going to stop placating, especially when it comes to business being more putting my foot down more. I'm really good at it. Mm -hmm. I'm actually pretty, good at establishing myself in a, a business environment, but I'm realizing where my flaws and faults have consistently reappeared. Um, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm a big believer that people treat you the way you tell them. A hundred percent. And, yeah. and 
I've, so be, being a people pleaser actually ends up, you, you think it's going to ingratiate you to people and it's going to grease the skids or whatever the saying is. And it actually ends up doing you're, 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 you're ultimately when you compromise for other people, what you're really compromising is yourself always. Yeah. And that has appeared in each area of work that I'm embarking on in my own career. It has come up like a, a huge event. So it's, there's a turning point for me right good, now, good. which is good. Mm -hmm. Gro growing pains. So migrate that to personal life. My teeth have always been amazing. Not to make this a dental episode, but I just, this is really, I think people can relate to this. And also people need to know about this. We have, we come from a line of good teeth. Don't really have adult cavities. Never had adult cavities. Had cavities as kids, but most kids get cavities, right? For the most part. Sure. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. As an adult, never had any issues. So when I moved to LA, I went to a dentist, found a dentist down the street from me. First meeting with her, she said I had four cavities. Now, this is the first time I'm, you know, this is seven years ago that as an adult, any dentist had said there were cavities in my mouth. I believed her. Instead of stopping and going, wait a minute, why would I all of a sudden have cavities out of nowhere? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. I didn't think that. I allowed her to drill into my teeth that day. I also allowed a dental professional to drill into my mouth repeatedly for no good reasons in Los Angeles. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Let's talk teeth. Let's talk teeth. <laughs> Why do you think we allowed that? Now, do you have good, like, enamel in your, in your genealogy? That's a good question. Now, I don't think my dad would mind me telling you that my dad has had false teeth since I think he met my mom. Well, she probably caused it. Since before he met my mom. Well, the thought of meeting I your see. mom. Yes. Okay. Uh, he w came was raised in like real poverty, and they didn't go to the dentist. Well, now I feel bad. And his, you should have led with that. And his teeth fell out, and it's amazing. I don't know how I've never once seen his dentures. When I was a kid, every now wow. and again for for fun, you know, he would take it out to be silly with us. <laughs> but supposedly my mom told him when they started dating, I get it. I accept it. I understand it. All I'll ask is, you know, we're not 80 years old. I don't ever want to see them. God bless her. Right. Which I think is a fair. Uh, and, and he did. I literally, I know every inch of my parents' house are still in the house I grew up in. I don't know even where he does it. That's why they're not divorced. Because if I went to bed and I saw that glass yeah. cup of whatever fucking liquid those dentures are in, sure. go into the divorce lawyer. Right. Grounds for divorce. What right. are what, what is the divorce for? Dentures on the goddamn sink. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Taking all the money. When we were kids, you know, my parents told us to brush. We went to... Uh, my dental story, Jesse, is... Uh, <laughs> Is one of inspirational comebacks. <laughs> like gum growth or like maybe, reverse yeah, dental disease may, maybe, comeback? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, because I was I was good. As a kid, I think I was like an average kid. You know, I'm sure I had a, one or two cavities, but I mainly got the toy when I went to the dentist. And then when I was a teenager, I was such a righteous fucking douchebag scumbag. I didn't have shoes on and my fucking teeth sucked and my breath stank and i was like i'm a singer in a rock band and I my rocked. feet were bare I, you know what i had a gorgeous girlfriend who put up with all of it so she, she needs some help hopefully she got therapy so she's 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 doing great now we, i still I, I still uh run into her from time to time she's fine she bounced back and then uh by the time i was like in my 30s they were saying you're 
passing the point of no return with some stuff. I think things had been, were, I left myself in such bad shape into my 20s that even just normal being okay in my, for the next 10 years was, they were like, you're, you know, we rate these things on a scale of blah, blah, blah. And you're starting to get to the real point bad of no part. return with and, your mouth. And now almost every time I go there, there's uh, there's a revolving door of dental hygienists and one after one i look forward to going to the dentist now because i respond to pets on the head and gold stars it's just the kind of kid that i was and the kind of grown-up i've grown up into and i've had more than one dental professional i said wow i see where you were at a couple you know years ago whatever and boy we don't usually see people who really turn it around like this so at what juncture in your dental journey mm -hmm. did you allow a dentist in Los Angeles to drill into, would you say, perfectly good teeth? Because oh, that's what happened to me. So what happened, I think, if memory Fucking serves... Fucking scam artists. They're goddamn mechanical scam artists of the mouth. She was... You know that part of Hollywood that's really Russian? Uh, I don't. Yeah. I, I can... I'll say negative things about it because a Russian... I'm just repeating things a Russian told me. There's a very, very Russian part from, like... Fairfax to La Brea in like the sunset Santa Monica kind of neck of the woods. I don't know it, but and I doesn't was, mean it's not there. And I was, uh, one time I was going to rent a room from a, a Russian expat. She had an apartment and I meant, I was trying to bond with her. And I said, I go to this Russian bakery and I get my bread there. And she's like, oh, I hate that place. And I said, why? And she said, that's, those are the Soviet ladies. They grew up in the Soviet system and in the Soviet system, people didn't have to work. And you know, cause your job was guaranteed. And she's like, and some, pe some people were young enough to move on when things flipped over. Some people were so old, that's all they'll ever be. And she's like, I hate that because it's just a bunch of lazy old ladies. Like, there's a lot of Russian on Russian hate going on in the Russian neck of the woods there. But there is like a scheming, slimy, like gypsy kind of thing to like, you know, times were tough. So people had to figure out how to make a buck. So I went to, there's a, there's a strip mall. You ever go to Mosh Team Alone's? God bless you. What? Mosh T. Malone's is this really, really great Irish Indian ice cream place. Oh, is this on La Brea? Yes, exactly. Just off of um, yep. of Highland? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, right by in the stuff. Yeah. yeah right I, right I, by the Walk of Fame. Yeah. I was told it was delicious. It's really good. They just opened another location on West, in Westwood. But um, the second floor. Yes. Of that strip mall. Right. Is where I found this woman. I was just, I was new in town and I'm looking on, you know, just like a, like a sucker. I'm going to my insurance company's website and here's who's nearby. And I was, but there was no like Yelp or anything in those days. And I went and the woman told me that I had bad fillings, but that she could cut me a deal and she would take them out and replace them with something else. And I subsequently went and, and I had a lot of feelings because my teeth were shitty for a while. This is like eight, 10, whatever. And it's just, she had no assistant. It's just me and her in her Hollywood, I, I, her Hollywood upstairs strip mall dental office that she's, she's hanging out in all day. And I was just like a sucker that walked in and fell for her thing. I subsequently went to another dentist who said, oh my God, who put this stuff in your mouth? Those, that's not the feelings you're supposed to have. After she did hers? After she did hers. <gasps> Why? So, what was in it? What did she use? Mm, like, like gum? Mer mercury or, you know, whatever. She used mercury? I don't know what she used. It was some metal that you're not supposed to 
use. Probably anymore. mercury. We've I think it was something that. that they probably used in Russia throughout the 50s and 60s that nobody uses anymore. Just so chunks of Chernobyl buildings. Yeah. So the guy went in and, <laughs> and took them all. The guy went in and took them all out. And when he did. He was like, wow, she did such a bad job. She didn't even get out all of your old fillings. So he's like, I'm taking out these bunk fillings that she gave you and the remnants of the ones she did not completely take out of your mouth. And then I will replace them. I, for Couldn't a... you sue her at that point? Sure, sure. I, I mean, so, so uh, what? to me... Small claims for fillings. Yes. I am, I am petty as all fuck, uh, Jesse, Let's go but... in on it. Like, uh, Let's get my lady. Because I honestly, this is something that I think about a handful times out of the month. A handful of times out of the month. I think about the bunk, as you call it, dental work that's been done in my mouth. Yeah. So. Such an intimate space to fuck with. Right. And, and you, when you have your adult teeth, that's it. You mm -hmm. don't, you don't, you, the next voyage is either veneers if you're into that life which i would never do or fucking dent dentures dumb question what's veneers when they chisel your teeth down to little pegs and they stick new teeth on and you look like oh a, so it's all a tlc pageant queen so it's all um they're not caps is that a kind of like a cap i mean because I, I could I, be wrong yeah so i think i have some of those where they had to get it down to the little right a nub yeah corn kernel nub just like a little stick you might use in the fire to put a mush a marshmallow on right so the, little... so the tail end of me being neglectful was that i got that and then i neglected it so much that the nub the nub said fuck you and left and so that's when they need to do an implant they need to pull out the nub well this lady i i fucked up twice and i would love your input as to why you think i did now i know why the second time i fucked up and falls into the conversation I had about grief making you and leaving you very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. If you're in a deep place of grief, you're not thinking right. You're trusting people you shouldn't trust. You're kind of in a cloud. And so you make decisions that are fucking dumb. It's kind of like being exhausted and, and trying to exist in the world. You're not fully functioning and you make mistakes and you fuck up. Makes sense. So the second time I understand. So this lady, I meet her first appointment. I let her drill into my teeth. I don't know why wasn't stoned it wasn't a sort of thing where i'm like yeah whatever yeah i i just let her drill into my teeth i go back to her six months later for the checkup she says i have four more cavities she goes oh no 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 i'm so embarrassed by the look of your mouth you should be embarrassed she told me i should be embarrassed oh she was negging you she was neil straussing you what do you mean the pickup artist thing Right, like, like, oh, like, those are really good pants. They really cover how fat your ass is. Right, like like, like a, a psychological warfare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? She goes, yeah, you have four more cavities. We must feel today. This is no good. We can't let you leave the office. Like What's this? this bitch, Egyptian? I don't know what she was. Probably a gypsy. I think it, I, it, the, the office was in a covered wagon. <laughs> and they did use a chisel and stone technology. But right. sweet, sweet gas. Right. Really great gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Griffith, I didn't feel a thing. Griffith Park Dentistry. <laughs> this was under the 405 <laughs> in a tent. Uh, I refused her. And I said, no, it's okay. I'm just going to do a cleaning today. Did a cleaning. I went to Syracuse very shortly after. And I said... I'm just going to ask you to, to take x-rays of my mouth and tell me what, what's going on in my mouth. I'm not going to no. say anything. Mm -hmm. He did all the x-rays and he goes, your, your teeth are fine. I don't, I see some fill fillings right. that we didn't do, 
but your teeth look great. And I said, so no cavities? He's like, no. I said, I said, will you just look at it again? I made him look at the scans again. Sometimes yes. cavities can be little. Right. He said, there's nothing wrong with your teeth. These are high quality Pelusa teeth. I high quality, anywhere. dense, enamel, beautiful teeth. He goes, no. And so I told him, I said, this lady wanted to drill again. And he said, no. So I was fine for a couple years. In the midst of my dad being sick and dying, I went to a dentist and I allowed the whole thing to happen again. Three fillings. I allowed this to happen twice. This wasn't, you did not go back to this. No, a different one. Right. Design dental. Also, also a pointer, never go to a franchise dentist where there are design, design dental Hollywood, design dental. I don't, that to me is a red flag. If if you can yes. pop this up like it's a fucking Taco Bell, don't trust it. It should be a family-run business or like a a, a person, not personal, but like a individual yeah. DDS. Their name is their bond. Boom. Right. So why do you think I allowed this to happen twice? Take away the grieving and all of that. Because you, because um, you, I, I think about this phenomenon a decent bit because you were not taught. Taught is not strong enough a word. Um deference deferring Mm -hmm. to authority is something that was instilled into you and when somebody has a title or a fancy jacket yeah you don't feel like you can challenge it yeah well that's all you you you, you do you you know that you can but you're in for you to challenge it you need to fight your initial gut instinct right which was put in there for all of your formative years yes that's very uh i think that's accurate and it's also kind of plays into what has been and will no longer be happening in the business side of placating. I'm trusting uh-huh. and allowing. I'm Cause you, you're you, one of your hallmarks is like the, the tweet that's like, if somebody tells you that they're taking you to brunch and instead they take you somewhere that only has fish and chips, that person was never your friend to begin with. Oh, and I'm just like, okay, something happened. I don't know who needs to hear this, but yeah, I do these things on Twitter. Yeah. When I think of something for myself, yeah. I'll tweet it out. Right. It's I'm tweeting to myself. I, it's uh, clearly. Yeah. And, and I, and I often think, boy, something just happened. It's not and, even that something happened. I internalize everything. And I was taught to internalize because my father wasn't a very expressive person. My mother was, but to have that dichotomy, I found the sweet spot in the middle of taking my father's approach to just internalizing because I felt like it was safer. So I will ruminate on something from years ago or right in the moment. It doesn't matter. So sometimes it's something that's right in the moment. Other times it's things that I've thought about for years. But um, yeah, there's... So I don't know. Why, why did I bring this up? Why are we talking about the tweet? What made you think about that? We're talking about because like the business. Because you, 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 you showed up here wanting to vent about some sort of thing. I wanted to vent. Oh, I, I guess. Well, there was a, something that happened with my sister and her kid mm-hmm. that I wanted to vent about. But more generally, what I'm talking about in my career is there's been instances in the areas that I'm working, like literary um in the cinema world and in like performance, like comedy, stand-up wise, each one of those avenues, I've had to step up and challenge an authority or establish myself as the authority. And both of those things are areas where I have triggers and noise and challenges for myself to step into those roles. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about the dental work and all that. So um, anyways, I wanted to talk about 
switching gears. Feel you feel completed in this area? You have anything else to add before we get into what I wanted to tell you about my sister and her kid? Yeah. So the first time I went to a dentist in. <laughs> In LA, um, I was so concerned. Like I'm such a dyed in the wool New Yorker, and you know the 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 greatest blondes in Hollywood history were not natural blondes. The greatest blondes are uh, made, not born, because they had to work a little harder to become to personify all that blonde means for a classic Hollywood movie star. The greatest New Yorkers are made, not born. Because they fucking get there and they're like, yeah, this is really it. And I've got something to prove. I've got to, people can tell I'm not from here. I got to be extra New Yorker. I got to really know my my way around this place and know how this place works. I identify so strongly as, I never plan to live in New York again, but it'll always be home to me. I agree. I, I return that sentence. And when I came out here, it was not my intention to move to Los Angeles. I never wanted to, I'd never visited before. I had no interest in moving to Los Angeles. I just had nothing going on back home, an opportunity out here, a desire to move somewhere else. And I was like, I did not, LA is not what I was thinking, but okay, this is, I, well, I can't pretend that I have a lot of options. I, I have no job and somebody's offered me a job in LA. And I came out here and I personally, although I argue with people all the time about this, find that LA is filled with real people, not the plastic Hollywood types. That is my experience. My neighbors here are all normal people. But the Hollywood stereotypes do exist for a reason. In my first uh, first couple of forays into trying to make friends here, I ran into a lot of Hollywood types before I found some real friends. And I was my I was my guard was up all the time for like don't LA me. And so I found a dentist, and I was like, we're just doing like dentist stuff here right no funny stuff no funny no stuff. put just, me under and fingering just me. cleaning and you know you're not going to try to give me a headshot or whatever yeah we're just doing you're a dentist right and they're not like, replacing yes. by cuspids and they were like yeah of course and then i they 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 and this is very shortly after i got here they they cleaned my teeth and then they're like okay so let's talk about like what do you want to do in terms of the color of your teeth which, uh, did you not hear what the fuck I just right, said, Right, which, which has never happened to me since. The color of your teeth? What They don't match the color of the people's what? teeth the, here? They're the color of the coffee that I drink every morning. Isn't that the idea? It, it, what, they have to be Joel Osteen white? That should be a color that they offer in, in Lowe's and Home Depot. Joel Osteen enamel white. Yeah. Which is too white. It's almost so white that it, it starts to lean into... A very dark space, ironically so. Joel Osteen's teeth look like something shit people pee and poop into. It's pristine porcelain, white. porcelain. Shiny. Ding. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It, 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 and they always, it, it's like they make you feel bad. This whole town makes you feel like shit. They try to make you feel like shit to get power over you. So you'll give them money. Yeah, that's the negging that's, thing. That's, that's, that's the Neil Strauss thing. In LA. That's the pickup artist thing. Fuck. Well, no more negging. All right. 2023, we're saying no to negging. So I'm sorry. What did you want to talk about? Um, well, as a parent, we're, now we're switching gears. Okay. I was on my way here and my sister had sent me an email that she got from her teacher about her, her, her son. Her kid's teacher. Her kid's teacher. Right. Now, Elliot is a challenging kid because I, I'm not saying this because he's my nephew. He is a very bright child. 
-hmm. He's a challenging child because he pushes back. When he sees there's an opening, he will challenge it. He will try to get as much as he can. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile type of attitude. He's seven. He's a child. Okay. So the teacher sent her this email where it's like, just sort of saying how he's misbehaving in class. <laughs> I have to say this one part. I, my, my sister, she, she, I don't, she might get mad, but so Elliot, <laughs> all I could think of when I'm reading what the teacher wrote is my poor mother. She, there's no way she didn't get all of these notes and emails. Maybe not. Obviously not emails because this is like the fucking eighties, but late eighties, early nineties. Thank they would you. Just write notes on empty cigarette packs. And exactly. With you. It would be like the top of a camel pack. <laughs> <laughs> Still smelling like, a, yeah. you know, a freshly lit cigarette. With the Marlboro miles ripped off the side. <laughs> yeah. The coupon for the next pack. Right. Um, I just, it really made me realize what my mother went through reading this because I know I was exactly the same way. So the teacher goes, well, there's been a challenge in the class. Elliot has been challenging child. And recently he wrote the word F word on a piece of paper and passed it around to all the kids. Yeah. Just told them to say it. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where's the problem? I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Also, a pretty intelligent way to convince children to misbehave. Yeah, sure. Very, yeah. Uh, you know. Leadership. Leadership. He's got a plan. And also. Thinking two steps ahead of all the kids. Two steps ahead of all the kids and also very persuasive without being overbearing. Mm -hmm. Very like, you know, uh, almost an uninvolved persuasion. Right. Like here's, why don't you just, he didn't even say it. He's so smart. He didn't tell them to do it. He wrote it down and showed it to them. To, not to verbalize to the teacher. No. Right. To each other amongst right, yeah, yeah. The children. Okay. okay. Yeah. He wouldn't tell the kids to say fuck to the teacher. He's not an animal. Right. Okay. He's a So he, had the teacher found out because a couple of kids were overheard or whatever? Yeah. I, you know, it, it's the my whole issue with it mm -hmm. is and, and, and you're dealing with and have dealt with teachers. You will be dealing with it more with your daughter. She gets older, obviously. She's young and mm -hmm. she's not quite in that classroom space yet no and also she's at the age where you can't really like hold her responsible right she's for too young she does. yeah mm -hmm. but your son is but in I'm, in that you're talking about a child that's literally direct exactly in between my two kids right so I, I got a clue here so you've been there it's funny though because you're like saying seven and i'm like seven 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 i know i had a seven year old like three years ago but you have a boy yeah and i'm sure he can be challenging yeah so here's what i think tell me if i'm wrong mm -hmm. i think that it's the job of the teacher to anticipate certain behavioral patterns that probably exist consistently throughout the years in your your throughout the years of being a teacher and throughout your teaching career for sure you've always got the kid that does this you've always got the kid that does that yeah and while what happens at home comes into the classroom without a doubt i know what my sister's home is like i know that they give him challenges and i also know that they reprimand him mm -hmm. and i also know that they there are consequences to his actions and uh and i'm certain that uh a parent i'm sorry a teacher an experienced teacher can easily tell the difference between a kid who has involved concerned parents who's just so full of beans that it's not really changing the way that he acts and the kid who's 
misbehaving is a result, a direct result of like parental neglect. Yes. They know. They're, that's they know. Two, that's two different types of bad kids. If, we're, right. if, we're, if we can say for the sake of conversation that he's right. a bad kid, they know. They for know. Sure. So all I'm saying is this teacher kind of came at my sister and it's, it's kind of along the conversation of placating and challenging authority. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So this teacher, I know it's really, really weird. Cause I, I've thought about this many, many times. This is what I was thinking of when you were talking about why do you kowtow to dentists and stuff? Cause I was raised in a world where if the teacher says whatever, that teacher's got like a college degree. They, they know what they're talking they know what about. They're talking about. And now I'm in a world where most of, you know, and sadly it's not that big of a deal to say most of the parents in my kid's school make more money than the teachers do so that it's the teacher used to be the uh, the authority figure and now they more work for the parents Mm -hmm. it's a very 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 different story it's an interesting dynamic and a lot of the parents are bosses or supervisors or entrepreneurs or or whatever which really informs the way that you talk to uh not that say that people are dicks or that we think it's normal to be dicks to to the teachers anyway all that considered there's a lot of dynamic going on that has to be taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. My point is that I think it's the responsibility of the teacher to anticipate, to look out for, and to have a plan for kids like Elliot. No doubt. And one of the issues is like with most classrooms, when a sub comes in, he acts out more. Of course. That's what subs are for. And by the way, I don't, He's probably not the only kid who's acting out. Yeah. Do kids jump on the bed more when there's a babysitter? Hello? Over? Right. I mean, it, sure. it, there's the authorita- authoritative parent and there's a parent that lets the kid get away with everything. Yeah. It's the dynamic. It's right. the way it goes. I told uh, my sister, I said, well, I, my sister felt bad and she felt like a responsibility and she felt embarrassed. And my, yeah, that's po- not a cool email to get. It doesn't make you feel good when you get that from a teacher. No, right? but it also felt kind of like the teacher was reprimanding my sister a little bit. I and understand. It's also like... Is the teacher a bitch? Emily says she likes her. Oh, okay. And I'm also like... Because you can... That's the other thing. You know, you're not going to say it to your kids, but you kind of know, oh shit, this one's mad at us. My kid must have really fucked up. That bee is mad. She's always mad. Right. But it's also very... It's a competitive world. And even school... Classrooms are competitive in... in, How so? Well, you know, I think he's, he's in a public school. So this isn't like a private school. But I think that... It's competitive in the sense that you want to be on the good side of the teacher. And so you're going to want to placate a little and want to comply and want to be like, yeah, my kid's so bad. And I told Emily, I said, no, she goes, I think he just needs to be disciplined. I said, no, I think he needs to be challenged. I think that the discipline can happen at home. Yes. But in the classroom, there should be a set of rules and anticipations for students like him. And when a sub comes in, the teacher needs to make a plan with the sub. Look, the kids act up, this kid in particular, this is how he learns. If you give him A, B, and C, maybe with a reward at the end, you can sort of contain him a little bit. I don't think all of the onus should be on my sister to take this home and reprimand him. Because it's the issue, I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I know how he is. And I think I understand how kids are because I was like, I was a kid like this. Some would say you still are. Sure. Absolutely. I, I thrive under pressure and I thrive with having an actual task and deadlines. When it's not like that and there's no strategy, the, the train goes off the tracks. That's how I learned. And, and that's exactly kind of how he is. It's not that he needs discipline. I think that the classroom needs to provide more of an obstacle course for him so that he's focused on a challenge that he's focused on achieving something and he doesn't even realize or have enough time 
to notice that he has space and freedom. He's got too much freedom. When the, when the substitute teacher comes in, he thinks he can run around the room and bounce off the walls. Mm-hmm. But if he had a task in front of him, he wouldn't focus on that. This sounds like the conversation we've been having about how we can begin to leave our dog home alone. I can help you with that. But, <coughs> because so, if he just is running around the house, but if we get one of these little treat puzzles, you can be doing brain work for an hour. Well, there's, there, there is something to that because dogs act out at home kind of the same way kids act out in the classroom. They're bored and they have too much energy. Yeah, right. It's very simple. So there's two things, and I feel like... Uh, my answer, my take on this has a lot to do with the situation beyond the incident itself. Because, with Elliot? Yes. Because the the incident itself is next to meaningless. You know, we all need to act mm. like it's a big deal when kids learn the word fuck, but every kid right around for he's like in first grade he's seven Seven. might be in second yeah that's exactly i remember the kid rick caswell had a bunch of for some weird reason had a bunch of neighbors that were boys that were older than him that you knew a kid named rick like a young kid named rick yeah and he was a good rick too like he looked like a rick he was good at basketball like he was a solid rick yeah, I mean, you'd have to be a... Can you imagine naming your kid Rick and he's he just might have, a wet sock? He might have actually worn wife beaters in elementary school. It sounds like he smoked a pack a day. Rick was like a cool, cool dude. Probably had like boots, un- untied boots. No, no, no. Rick was more of a, um, like, you know, video games. He had cool young parents. Like his mom's name was Candy. Don't like him. It was okay. She did hair. I just know a lady named Candy who does hair who I love. She didn't. She didn't do hair, but close enough. Yeah. She was the one, I think I've even told you this before, that when remember, that when HIV was first a thing, they used to they used to advertise, you'll you may recall that uh, the diet pills, AIDS. AIDS had came with there were diet pills? There were diet pills. It was a it was an aid to help you lose weight. So it was these little like caramel chocolate things that were appetite suppressants. Jesus. And we were joking. I remember we were watching the fucking 85 Super Bowl, the Chicago Bears, Refrigerator Perry, the Funky QB, Jim McMahon, Super Bowl Shuffle Bears uh, destroyed the Patriots. And my friend had a, uh, a Super Bowl party at his house. And my friend was Rick's cousin. So Candy was my friend's mom, uh, mom's sister. So Candy was over and we were joking. We said, does anybody here have AIDS? And she said, yeah, I have AIDS. Do you want some? <laughs> Because she thought it, that was like the fucking crossover in our. It's like when what te- a bad marketing when Tesla. But no, no, they were around before. I know, but still, it was like like when Tesla went from being the band that had a couple of hits in the eighties to being the electric car. I don't even know about the band now. I just know the car. In my world, AIDS and Tesla were diet pills and solid hard rock. Where, th- there's got to be a bunch of examples of that where a word was taken from somebody. Yeah. The association's been completely destroyed. Yeah, no doubt about it. But Rick what Rick had a his dad may have also been Rick. They were like younger parents. Like Candy was like still like definitely the cutest mom. 
and Rick was like on our basketball team. That was like the one guy who was really good at the fundamentals, like practiced all the time and could do crossover dribbles. And Rick was just the guy who just three pointers all day. He was such a good Rick. Why did we start talking about Rick? Cause we're talking about <sighs> okay. Cause Elliot. Rick was the dude who taught us all curses. Oh, because so Rick Elliot's was a cool Rick, Rick was it. a cool dude who I don't know where I don't know where Elliot got it from. Rick had, Rick Rick had older <laughs> buddies that that taught him that. So he came. I I literally in my memory, first grade, second grade, it was like every day for a week he came and he's like, "Okay, guys, you ready? Today, shit." It's the way you say poop, but you're not supposed to tell anybody that. Like, I literally remember us all gathering around and him giving us another curse. Every day there was like a new secret scroll, you know, and it, it was another curse word that was revealed to us. And then the kid in my son's class who taught them all curses has a brother who's like two years older. So that's how there's always just that dude who's yeah. the conduit to the curse right, words. Right, exactly. And there's one kid who is connected to the older world, and those words are it's such a an unending, I have such an unending fascination with the fact that I do a joke in my stand up about my I, I think it's true. He was at we were at the skate park one day, and there was older kids, and this one dude just like fucking shit dick pussy cock, you know. And my son was like four, and I watched him look at them and go. Shit. Like he just, you, he didn't know what it meant. You just know, ooh, this word is fucking electric. It's like you know finding I mean? gold for your mouth. It's like living in a world of Frank Sinatra and then all of a sudden Jimi Hendrix comes on the radio. Yeah. It, it feels wrong, but so right. It just, you feel it like, you, yeah, you feel it like in your sphincter, you know? It's so interesting. So all the things we've tried to protect are the ones that feel the best. Right. And so kids just get these words. And then we, and I feel like I'm part of a, a, a an overall zeitgeist change in this where we don't go, what? Fuck. Where did you learn these things? Go in the basement and don't come out until you've forgotten that word ever existed. You hear your kids say, it and you go, listen, dude, that's just not cool. You can't fucking do it. You can't do it. Uh, you guys are going to talk that way, and I can't stop you. And to be perfectly honest, I don't really care that much. But you got to learn how to zip that shit up because it is you are a crude, cretinous piece of shit if you are if you are an eight year old saying that stuff in front of grownups. Maybe that's how we should say it to him. You're a cruel, cretinous piece of shit. Yeah, and so it's to t- tell him not to say the word fucking class kids learn all the words when they're between six and eight maybe a little sooner maybe a little later and they learn it at school and if i'm teaching first grade or second grade i know all the kids are learning the word fuck this year that's just what's happening and it kind of doesn't matter who is the kid that's bringing it to the table To, to be blunt you want my opinion on this if your teacher had that strong of a reaction I think it's not because he taught everybody the word fuck and tricked them into saying it. It's because she feels like he's a problematic kid in general. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I'll tell you a little anecdote, anecdotal story. So Emily and Steve had, well, Emily had this little dog, Gia, inbred piece of shit dog, and they're all terrible, and... The dog would often defecate on the rug. And this is before they had, this is while Emily was pregnant with, with Elliot. And so Steve being a very classy guy with expensive tastes has expensive rugs. 
And so when he would walk on or see or run into a piece of poop from the dog, he would say fucking dog. Mm -hmm. And then my sister would eventually say fucking dog and, you know, so on and so forth. Elliot's born, dog's still alive, dog's still pooping on the rug. One of Elliot's first swear words were when they were sitting around the rug and Elliot's walking, sees a piece of poop, and Elliot goes, fucking dog. He's like two and a half. Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Because they, because they, they do it. It, it, it. Everybody, every parent has this experience where kids, you know, you try to teach them, please, thank you, whatever, sir. It doesn't matter what, and they can't do it. And all you need to do is stub your toe once, three rooms away, and go fuck, and the kid fuck, 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 and everyone <laughs>, laughs, and then they're like, oh fuck, 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 and. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Because it's fucking Jimi Hendrix for your on the radio for mouth. the first time. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's too tempting and it's unavoidable. And it doesn't mean the kid is bad. No. Doesn't mean he needs no. are, are necessary we, is discipline. That, is that teacher bad because she uses the word fuck? I would go so far as to say that I don't trust somebody who doesn't ever use that word, who's under the age of 60. There's been a couple articles that have indicated that people who swear tend to be more intelligent. I'm sure the person who wrote the fucking article also fucking swore their whole fucking life. Yeah, for sure. So, anywho. I don't, but I disagree with, and I'm operating obviously on extremely limited information here of your family and the situation and Elliot himself, but the idea that the, the onus ought to be on the teacher to tailor something toward him on a daily basis when obviously she has to cater to the needs of many. Not tailored to him, but in a classroom of children, mm-hmm. you need, it is the teacher's job to know all the kids' names, right? Not the job, but a part of their job is that, identifying the kids. I think, I, I think kids. a prerequisite is knowing all of your students' names, yes. And in that, in that endeavor and process, you also learn the personalities sure. and, you know, hopefully can anticipate certain things. It's a tough job. It's not the toughest in the world. I do think a part, and my mother was a teacher. She was a union rep for teach for um, uh, the Syracuse Teachers Association. And uh, this is not coming from a place where not I'm not respecting teachers, but I think that the teacher should also have a plan for when a kid writes fuck on a notepad. Agreed. How are you going to handle that? This uh, isn't a new thing. Agreed. No, this happens. It's not a new fucking thing. And it happened to her when she was. Right. She fucking swore when she was in fucking school. Yeah. Elliot wrote fuck. I mean, come on. This is, it doesn't need to be a big deal, but it does seem like there, what I said to Emily, I said, I think that it should have been more of like, Hey, how can we, Yeah. how can we solve this? Sure. Um, one hundred percent, of course, a nip here, a tuck there for that you tailor your overall approach for each individual student because you know what they respond to. If you're going drastically beyond that, then the the parent needs to accept the onus for dealing with the situation. My sister is a um, is a elementary school teacher as well. Oh wow! And I think that what I she, would love her opinion. I think that what she has told me is that you like like kind of. I'm kind of putting words in their mouth, but don't tell me how many kids are in my class this year. Tell me how many of the bad kids you stuck me with this year because the school knows who the bad kids are and my sister can do 30 good kids. It's it's. Like- but if you're giving me six of the challenging kids in a class of 20, that's going to be harder than, than 30 good kids because one kid who needs a little extra attention sucks up the bandwidth of like five potato children i disagree i disagree and you know 
what can 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 prove that this can be and has been held has been dealt with Michelle Pfeiffer dangerous minds she was a teacher in a, in an inner city school mm-hmm. and those kids were bringing guns and there was gang violence and she brought them together and figured out how to solve the problem so they should have a Michelle Pfeiffer dangerous right. minds has, course for teachers to take for when kids are difficult has your sister's Coolio. son's teacher considered wearing a black leather jacket to class she should she should come in with an attitude and a boom box yeah. and be like let's let's beat boxes out you little fuck yeah are we done hold on let me just flip this chair backwards exactly sit down yeah do a little lady crotch flashing <laughs> do you know what the teacher needs do you, do you know what a pressure cooker is is it me? Yeah, I like when my mom used to make mashed potatoes. Yeah. She had a way to make them faster. It was a boiler that was under pressure. You look like when we're like, oh, the potatoes are ready. When I and just the saying that. Been dancing all my life, driven in the gangster's paradise. I got, what are those lyrics? Do you know the song? Oh my God. Wait, I got it. Let me just, before we, don't, my, don't do the music yet. My, let me. My, my, my children, my son passed the baton Teacher. of an obsession with, uh, the Weird Al song Amish Paradise, so good to to my daughter, and that was her favorite song. Been spending most our lives, been spending in... most our lives living in the gangsters paradise. And Michelle Pfeiffer's on the. She's see, you need a Michelle Pfeiffer teacher who's like, oh, you want to say fuck in the classroom, and she whips a chair around and she's like, let's go. Yeah, you're not gonna get away with that shit in here. Mm-hmm. Right then, write a whole Elliot, essay, Elliot. That's what. That's right. Write a fuck. Write a whole fucking essay. Write an essay. Essay. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Elliot. Sorry, Em. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.